What we can say is that the United States military did not shoot a missile at this airplane. The United States military did not shoot anything. Nothing. Nothing like that has taken place, would take place, would ever take place under any circumstances. I'm Acadia Einstein, and this is Strangeful Things. Welcome, everyone, to Strangeful Things. I'm Acadia, and I'm here with Mel's and Chewy. How's tricks, everybody? I'm doing fantastic. I'm healthy, and that is my new and good for the week. Just, just you don't have the Rona? Nope, nope. We're <laughs> Rona-free and, and living, living life. Well, there you go. Living life. <laughs> 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 That's just outstanding. That just <laughs> spectacular. <laughs> well, my new and good for the week is not so much a new, but a return. You know, living in the world of COVID, things are reopening here in New York. One of the things that did open about a month ago was Massage Envy. And today I had my first massage since. <laughs> right. Yay, Suey. They, they really? took your temperature. They. Everybody wore masks. You wore a mask when you were face up. They had a mask on the whole time. And then you could take the mask off when you were face down. When were you face when were you face up? Right at the end? You took my you took my joke, you son of a bitch. Why are you gonna be gross about it? That's we we talked about this show today. Oh. Yeah. And I think we're gonna have another listener. Yay! That's exciting. So, so wearing your mask on your face instead of your dingaling really helped out there with getting us a listener, huh? You guys, why, why do I share? <laughs> what do I share with you people? Well, why do you get massages? Is the I, I would, why wouldn't you? You've never gotten a massage? No. Maybe it no, will because help I'm not you a, for relaxation ass. or no. I'm not a fancy debutante. <laughs> I don't play baseball on a real diamond. <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> I had I had no idea that getting a massage was such an exclusive club. Yeah, it's like getting a manicure. No, it's not. No. If you're a dude. No, if you're a no, dude. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, it is, yeah, it I is think not. It is. it is definitely not. It's, I don't get massages. I get painful physical therapy where they tell me to not spread my legs like a whore, but I can't stop it. <laughs> so you so you get massages. You just call it something different. No, it's not massages. It it's them massage. going, hey, let me tie a bowling ball to a your deep, leg and throw it out this window. tissue massage is a massage. But uh, they don't give me that. Get because it's, uh, All right. Tonight we're gonna to talk well, about a real trip. My shit, you fucks! <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Well, what? It didn't make you any cheerier. You're still all grumpy. <laughs> Who's grumpy? I don't. I don't understand this. Oh, maybe I'm just projecting. 
Yeah, that's you what I be. think. That could be. All right. I'm not fucking grumpy. See? <laughs> now you're going to have to even that out when you edit it. Yeah, fuck it. Five minutes before it's supposed to go. Anyway, so tonight we're going to talk <laughs> about a real, <laughs> a real tragedy. Stop making me laugh when I say real tragedy, you bastards. Yeah, I'm sincere. <laughs> we're going to talk about a real tragedy on a large scale that happened in the 90s. And once again, I have a slight connection to the case. I mean, it's not very significant, but it was pretty sad. We're talking about the crash of TWA Flight 800, which exploded off Long Island, New York, on Wednesday, July 17th, 1996, at 8.19 p.m. I was living in Portland, my home then, and I worked for the travel place, and that's why I'm connected to the case, but we will get to that later. So you're going to make me ask you again why this is a strangeful case, because I'm sure that I have no idea about it. Oh, oh, oh I know I... There were and still are a ton of conspiracy theories about it. And it was a huge deal here when it happened. And I know it was a big deal because I obviously am from Long Island. Obviously (laughs) for people who know from the Ron Conkle And, uh, you know, so it was was one of those things was on the cover of the paper for like months, you know, every day. It was on the news every night. And we'll go into, you know, all the different stories that came out every night. But it was it was huge. It was like one of those things where like a president is killed or like a almost like a 9-11 type thing where it just owned the news cycle. Or like O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Like it just owned the news cycle in this area. Well, it took forever for them to get all the stuff, too. So it just went on and on and on. Right. They were always finding some. So there was always something to report. Yeah, whenever there's a plane crash, there are you got to wait for them to find the black box, right? And then some jerk will be like, "Why don't they make the plane out of the stuff they make the black box out of?" <laughs> 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 Fucking assholes! All right. Are you that jerk? No. <laughs> you maybe when I was him. maybe when I was twelve, but. <laughs> yeah, that is a joke I would have told when I was twelve, probably. <laughs> Why do you park on a driveway and drive on a parkway? (laughs) (laughs) I think Stephen Wright actually used that on stage, that joke. Yeah, probably, but he did it monotone, therefore it was funny. Well, all right now. Okay. I'm going to let you in on something. Yeah, I'm going to let you in on something. I don't even know what TWA is, to be honest. (laughs) That's fair. TWA was how long has it not been around? You're gonna, I'm gonna tell you. You are. Oh, that's right. I am. That was good foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) TWA was Trans World Airlines, and back when there were lots of airlines, it was a pretty big deal. In fact, its rise and fall is worthy, I think, of a brief side trip. In 1930, Transcontinental Air Transport and Western Air Express merged and became. Transcontinental and Western Air. It might seem weird given today's climate, but the merger was actually encouraged by the Postmaster General at the time because the post office needed better flying options for the mail. So back then, we have the government, under Herbert Hoover at the time, pushing corporations to get bigger, and we have the post office making moves to spend more money on making sure the mail got delivered. See how I tied that into current times? Yes, you did. Very good. Bravo. So good. 
Because now it only feels like there's like six companies in the whole country, like Google, Amazon, I don't Microsoft, know, eBay, Apple, Disney, Walmart, and Disney. That's it. Yeah. They all they own everything. And the post Pretty office much, is getting yeah. fucking creamed. Now, in 1931, one of their planes crashed and killed college football legend Newt Rockney, and right. they finally decided they should stop making their plane wings out of wood. Like, I <laughs> shit you not, they, they were still oh, yeah. made out of wood. Yikes. I wish I was kidding. Wood they had to buy canvas. some new planes. Yeah, right? Wood oh, so they still had to get out in the front and go, contact, and like <laughs> spin, <laughs> spin it themselves. <laughs> They couldn't get any planes from Boeing because Boeing at the time was owned by the United Aircraft and Transport Corporation, who also happened to own United Airlines. So they gave oh. all their planes to United. So it wasn't it nice, nice how monopoly the, type situation mm-hmm. we have there. Mm-hmm. So TWA started getting their planes from the Douglas Aircraft Company. The first oh, plane, God. the DC-1, set a record flying from California to New Jersey in the crazy time of 13 hours and four minutes. Oh, my God. Oh my- Oh my gosh. That's almost as long as the freaking flight to like China. I know. I mentioned this because I am sure Shuey has heard of DC 10s and other DC somethings, which were popular planes for a long time. You might have. have even, Mel's. Did you ever hear of a DC 10? No, I only know a DC Comet. All right. This is getting a little long, so we'll skip a big chunk in the middle, except to point out that the airline eventually got bought by Howard Hughes and was renamed to Transworld Airlines. Mm. They had a big terminal at JFK. It was Terminal 5. Now, JetBlue is Terminal 5 now, but they never got rid of the TWA building because it was built by some famous architect, and now it's a hotel. Mm -hmm. The more you know. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and they redid it like that, like it was like the 50s or 60s, like that kind of style and shit. It's pretty cool. Yeah, all that stylish chicness of, oh, modern air travel. And they actually said (laughs) TWA ended up getting screwed because their their terminals, everywhere they built them, they built them like – really close to the street so you could just basically like jump out of the cab and then run right onto the plane <laughs> because there was no security in between like you could practically like just drive out on the runway and get on um and as security measures got more sophisticated they were like well our things are much too close to the street now because <laughs> we have to put all this shit in between <laughs> so uh oh and i looked up the hotel for some reason so this is JFK. Like New York's the most expensive place in the country, and at the airport is the most expensive place of any place in a city. And this hotel is legitimately right across the street from the terminal, and it's only like a hundred and seventy nine bucks a night. Oh wow! Right now, that's pretty. Because cool. ain't no one going anywhere because of Rona. Yeah, oh that. yeah, that's true. So why do we care about all this? Well. TWA eventually got bought by the Trans World Corporation, who also owned Hilton Hotels and Century 21 Realty for some reason. They eventually, like, this is when companies just got way too big. They eventually spun the airline off because of deregulation in the 1980s, which fucked up the airlines big time. And this guy named Carl Icahn, whose name you might remember as an advisor to President Trump, who had to quit because of shady insider dealings. (laughs) He bought TWA. Good thing they got rid of that bad apple, huh? Yeah, right? (laughs) Save that. 
barrel. <laughs> Save that barrel. Yeah. Long story short, he fucked TWA but good, and they went bankrupt in 1992. They didn't go out of business, though. They did, however, need to get rid of Icon. And they did, but not before Icon arranged to have one of his other companies be able to buy TWA published fares at a 45% discount until 2003. Good 45% off any fucking fare. <laughs> now, why do we give a shit about that part? Well, it's because of those discounted fares that the travel place I worked at in the 90s got mixed up with an outfit from Philadelphia who could offer us big discounts on TWA because they had some sideways deal with the 45% discount shit. So we sold TWA out of our ass because it's not like they had a set number of seats per flight. It was any fare. So we just tried to put everyone on TWA. And TWA was known for the European service, which was our specialty. Now, here's, here's, you know, whatever they, and I don't know what's going to happen to the airline business now, but there's always places that sell discount tickets. Here's what they don't tell you. And it's almost universally true. You know, when they ask people, hey, the flight is overbooked. Does anybody want to go out tomorrow morning and we'll put you up in a hotel and pay you 500 bucks and all that kind of shit? Yeah. 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 If you have a discount ticket, the airline can just go, Hey, fuck you. <laughs> You're going tomorrow and you have oh, nothing wow. you can do about it. How wow. Yeah, the rules oh, well. are different for discounted fares. So just beware. Like all that oh. shit on the back of the ticket that nobody reads, that's where yeah. <laughs> that's and I know that I, I know that's true because somebody called me from an airport and they were quite angry and I was like, Well that doesn't sound right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. I'm not familiar with that clause. <laughs> it was very right. So <laughs> Oh no. So we sold a lot of TWA flights and we sold one to somebody for TWA flight eight hundred. And a few days later, the travel agent called and happened to get me on the phone. And she wanted to know what to do, and nobody knew. She was just like, well, what what happens? And we didn't fucking know. The family had called her, because what else would you do? And we ended up just refunding the whole thing right away, because what else would we do, you know? (laughs) Like prorate it. Monster. I said we didn't do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're the good guys in this story. Oh, um, thank goodness. Technically, you went one twentieth of the way. Um, anyways. Oh no. To wrap it up, TWA's international business got loads less popular after the crash, and their 1995 second bankruptcy had not helped either. Eventually, what business they had left was bought by American in 2001, and that's the story of TWA, except for that hotel at JFK. Huh. Thanks that's for that. That's it. Yeah, so there you go. What do you think of that little story of the American you business? Know. <sighs> it's exciting times. And that ticket thing was real. Like those people were, uh, they were shady. Yeah, they're like, yeah, no, just sell shady. it. We're like, uh, well, what's going to happen? And they're like, just sell it. And I'm just, like, well, aren't they going to? And and the guy said something that was it stuck with me ever since because I'd never heard anybody say it, and before or since, I forget what we were talking about. And I was like, yeah, but if we do that, aren't they going to fuck us? He just looked at me and he went, they couldn't fuck us if we loaned them our dicks. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs>
Wow. I'm like, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. You're now my hero. You ever know so, you're my hero. That's right. Next time you're in a meeting at work, Mel's, try to slip that in there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let me jot that down real quick. Yeah, you yep. better get that down. <laughs> Well, before we get into the conspiracy stuff, can we hear the conventional wisdom of what happened? I mean, I need to see if it sounds feasible. Yes, that's fair. It was Wednesday, July 17th, 1996. The Boeing 747 took off from JFK bound for Paris with 230 passengers and crew aboard. About 11 minutes into the flight, the plane was at 13,700 feet. That was lower than it would usually be at that point because they were staying low to keep out of the way of another jet that was flying into Rhode Island that was above them. It was just about to start climbing again when it suddenly exploded. The full fuel tanks ignited and a huge fireball was visible for miles. According to the uh, story in the New York Post, The crash was close enough to the coast that plane wreckage washed up on Suffolk County beaches for weeks. There was a wall of flames 30 feet high, Suffolk County Police Officer Vincent Termine, who witnessed the explosion, told The Independent in 1997. He said it looked like the ocean was on fire. Mm, Termine mm. headed out to sea with rescue crews immediately. We tried to get close to a piece of burning wreckage at the beginning, he said. I remember operating the boat between flames, but we couldn't get close enough. The smoke was making us sick. One of the guys had to throw up over the side. Oh, Jesus. Ugh. I can't imagine what it must be like to have parts of a wreck and presumably parts of bodies wash up on the goddamn oh. beach. Mm-hmm. I can't fathom it. But after a four-year investigation, the longest in FAA history, it was determined that the explosion was caused by an electrical short circuit in the center wing fuel tank. Mm. Except lots of people don't believe that which brings us into the world of conspiracy. The 90s had their fair share of fucked up occurrences. Ruby Ridge, David Koresh, the first World Trade Center bombing, the alien autopsy. There was a lot going on. I mean, Oklahoma City and... uh, I mean, I was a child during this time, but I wasn't that young. I was 12 years old. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, I mean, I know that... I'm grown. I'm 12. I can watch Alien Autopsy as soon as I gig my frogs. Hey. <laughs> I'll have Come you know on, that X-Files I, was, I love that And I still I know, do. Of course you would. And just so you know, I was only three years from operating a motor vehicle. So would you call that a child? Uh, I don't true. think so. That's only because of where you lived. Uh, It's 15 years old. Thank you. Narrator. The vehicle was a tractor. (laughs) (laughs) It may have been a horse and buggy, but I was still operating. (laughs) speed of eight miles per hour. (laughs) Yeah, but you were 12, but that still means you missed the whole beginning of the internet. And that means you missed the TWA 800 missile website roadmap. You can reach it at I shit you not, you could go there right now if you wanted to, angelfire.com slash HI slash TWA 800 slash. It's still there. According to the top of the little teeny, teeny, tiny site, 
that's just like right in the middle of the page with a mile on either side of it. (laughs) (laughs) The roadmap guides you to the websites containing information supporting the TWA Flight 800 missile theory. The mainstream media has done little independent investigation. Read the quote-unquote rest of the story, updated May 12th, 1999. Oh, I got married on May 12th. Anyway, oh. and I do, I also feel like I've really- well, where you were out. from, it would have been okay in 1999 <laughs> too, right? <laughs> let's see. <laughs> how, let's see, how long had I been operating a motor vehicle? <laughs> Not- <laughs> <laughs> You missed oh, out. I, yeah, and in my day, everything was Times New Roman, and you knew it was a link because <laughs> it was blue. And if you it, it turned purple. That's how things should be. Yeah. <laughs> style sheets have ruined the internet. Yeah. Just big old. Style sheets and high speed. I want to take eight minutes for that low resolution nude of. <laughs> Somebody Some from the 90s, 90s porn star. I can't yeah. Think of anybody. Rebecca Lloyd. <laughs> Ginger Lynn. Yeah. Oh, that was that's 88. good. Yeah. So, uh, that site notwithstanding, main story of the crash has not changed, and the investigation was extensive. They even did that thing where they put all the pieces back together like a puzzle. But there was one problem with the whole thing. The Boeing 747 was certified by the FAA in 1969, so that is legitimately millions of flight hours over the past 50 years, and according to Wikipedia... As of February 2019, the 747 has been involved in 162 aviation accidents and incidents, including 63 accidents and hull losses which resulted in 3,746 fatalities. Shit. Few crashes, yeah. Few crashes have been attributed to the design to design flaws of the 747. United Flight 811, which suffered an explosive decompression mid-flight on February 24, 1989, led the National Transportation Safety Board, the NTSB, to issue a recommendation that the Boeing 747-100 and 747-200 cargo doors similar to those on the Flight 811 aircraft be modified to those featured in the Boeing 747-400 model. Korea Airlines Flight 007 was shot down by a Soviet fighter aircraft in 1983 after it had strayed into Soviet territory, causing U.S. President Ronald Reagan to authorize the then strictly military global positioning system GPS, which we all live by today, for civilian use. Why would they include that in the design flaws? What did they? It got shot down. It, what? That's not a design flaw. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't think missile proof should not be something that you yeah. have to worry about. That's required. Yeah. Stop drawing targets on your plane. <laughs> Accidents due to design deficiencies included TWA Flight 800, where a 747 100 exploded in midair on July 17, 1996. Probably That's due to sparking story. electricity. Probably due to sparking electricity wires inside the fuel tank 
Why would you have wires inside the fuel tank? This finding led the FAA to propose a rule requiring installation of an inerting system in the center fuel tank of most large aircraft that was adopted in July 2008. And that was after years of research into solutions. Yeah. So it took them 12 years to come up with a fix for something that had never happened before or since. That's pretty interesting. It's not as interesting as knowing that GPS has been around since 1983. <laughs> well, it's like the internet's been around since the 60s, but, you know, yeah. not for us. I had to look that shit up. The GPS project was started by the U.S. Department of Defense in 1973, with the first prototype spacecraft launched in 1978, and the full constellation of 24 satellites operational in 1993. So I guess before they add them all up there, they either knew exactly where you were or they had no earthly fucking clue. <laughs> well, you could just wait till the satellite was gone and you could commit felonies, then go back to being <laughs> innocent looking when it came back. Now that's sophisticated crime planning. <laughs> yes, I guess if you were stealing bobsled tracks or swimming pools or cruise ships, that would come in handy. <laughs> stealing anything you could see from space would have to be done that way. So... <laughs> Any thoughts on the official story? Does it sound plausible? It's definitely plausible. I think it's the any there's any number of things could have happened, and that's definitely one of them. I don't. I still don't understand. I'm not. A, I'm not an engineer, so I'm not supposed to understand. I guess, but I don't. I don't understand why there would be electrical wires in a fuel tank. Yeah, maybe you know, that's the wire that told you whether it was empty or full. Well. I have to imagine on a plane, they don't just have like a cork with a string on it. (laughs) I mean, it sounds plausible to me, but I also, uh, due to me being a child, as you say, don't think I know any of the children compared to Acadia. True. I don't really know many of the conspiracy theories, so I'm excited to get into those. Well, that is the meat of the issue, isn't it? If it wasn't an electrical short in the fuel tank that decided to happen after that plane had already done 16,000 flights. Oh, my God. What Mm. was it? Well, the first item up for bids is terrorists did it. To set the stage for this one, it might be a good idea to set the tone for the time. As I alluded to earlier, there had been a lot of things happening around the world that made people feel like this could have been a terrorist attack. On December 21st, 1988, Pan Am 103 is blown up over Lockerbie, Scotland, killing all 20 aboard. No, it's more than 20. It was 200-something. I I wrote that wrong. It turned out to be a terrorist from Libya. February 26th, 1993, the World Trade Center bombing. This one killed six people and injured over 1,000. The perp was arrested in Pakistan by the FBI and the State Department and was actually on trial when TWA 800 crashed, which people thought might have been connected. Hmm. That was definitely a big story. On April 19th, 1995, the Alfred P. Murrah building in Oklahoma City is bombed, killing 168. Shitbags Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols are eventually caught and convicted. Hmm. June 25th, 1996, the Kobar Towers military complex in Saudi Arabia is bombed, killing 19 members of the Air Force, and several hundred are also wounded. So it's not a crazy idea. 
Add to that the fact that back then any asshole could walk all the way to the gate without security and baggage screening was not what it was, what it is today, despite what happened with the Pan Am flight. So a terrorist blowing up the plane is definitely feasible. But if it was terrorists, one would presume that people would figure that out. They're, they're really good at that kind of shit. So why would they lie about the reason? Some people say it's because Bill Clinton was up for re-election in 1996 and didn't need another terrorist attack on U.S. soil or U.S. air, I guess. Yeah, but he was riding the internet boom, everybody was getting rich, and Dole was a crusty old noodle. <laughs> An old crapper. Yeah, he was going to lose that election. <laughs> Well, someday we'll do an episode on all the people that Clinton supposedly killed. Oh, God. <laughs> that will be fun. I have notes on it. Not just the Clintons, but lots of shit about a lot of presidents. They're always killing people left and right. <laughs> I got a lot going on in my old brain. Yeah, you can say that again, you old fart. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's great. But we're the same. All right. How did the terrorists blow up the plane? Well... <laughs> Lots of people. Th- oh, you're young because you watch cartoons. Shut up. I watch cartoons. <laughs> I have up. a sense of whimsy. All I right. I do. How did the terrorists blow up the plane? Well, lots of people think it was a surface-to-air missile. And I should mention, this was such a prevalent theory that the FBI actually investigated the crash in addition to the NTSB doing it, which is not ordinary at all. Because even the government at first assumed it was a terrorist attack. Mm. Now, we know that eyewitnesses all suck when it comes to actually relaying useful information, but a bunch of eyewitnesses lends more credibility, in my opinion. And tons of people, more than 100 people, swore they saw a flash going toward the plane right before it blew up. And here's our chance to do some New York accents, mainly so we can make fun of Mel's. So (laughs) on to the quotes. We'll start with Shuey since he just has to talk normally. Oh, and I was going to do a whole Brooklyn thing. No. Hey, you All can right. do whatever you want. No so one I'll just alone. do my regular voice. I looked up because uh, it sounded like thunder. I kept looking, trying to figure out what it was. And that's when I saw a flare come off the water. The flare, trailing orange flame, shot up roughly at a 45-degree angle, then rapidly increased its angle of ascent. Then it appeared to strike something. This was the strangest thing I ever saw. Everyone calls it a missile theory, but when you see something, you know what you see. And I didn't see a theory. Tom Doherty, Flight 800 Eyewitness, interviewed on Hard Copy 1996. All right, y'all ready for this? (laughs) Let's hear (laughs) it. I've been waiting for a long time. You can do it. You can do it. Look, I know what I saw. Oh, this is a girl. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to do the deep voice part. (laughs) Look, I know what I saw. I saw several fires go across the sky. One hit the plane and the tail and the second hit at the front, just before the wings. The fire came from both ends and met in the middle and exploded. Then the nose dropped, hung there for a minute, I understand that when a plane bursts into flames, the flames fall. But this was a fire going up towards the plane. I don't even know. That was that was something. That, w- that was actually before. that was pretty that good. Was pure gold. <laughs> 
And that, that was was perfect. Uh, that was like that my was next door neighbor. Oh, <laughs> nice. Well, is your next door neighbor Barbara Paychalk? <laughs> hey, it's Mr. Paychalk. <laughs> Flight 800 Eyewitness, November 19, 1997, the New York Post. My God, somebody's shooting at that airplane. <laughs> oh, no, wait. You didn't even I use forgot a British I gave myself a better one. My God, somebody's shooting at that airplane. Ooh, a British <laughs> Airways is. jet flying behind Flight 800, Flight 800, who radioed to air traffic control on July 17, 1996. Was that a British accent? That yeah, but I, I, I was still in the New York one, so I kind of fucked it up. <laughs> To sound, oh, we have horrible people laughing throughout this, by the Odds way. Odds and bodkins. Anyway, to sum up the number of witnesses, more than 150 credible witnesses, including several scientists and business executives, have told the FBI and military experts they saw a missile destroy TWA 800. Some of these people are extremely, extremely credible, a top federal official said. When we asked what they saw and where they saw it, the witnesses out east pointed to the west, and the people to the west pointed to the east. The New York Post, September 22nd, 1996. Now, I remember at the time a lot of people talking about a missile, and since the plane was so relatively low, I guess it makes sense. And the top range of a handheld surface-to-air missile is just under 20,000 feet, so it was technically possible. Wow, that's fucking crazy. I know, right? Handheld. Like, you couldn't see that far, so how would you know what you were shooting at? <laughs> that's that's four miles away, almost. You can't see four miles, can you? That's fucking crazy. No way! Well, I mean, maybe in the air you can. Like, four I think you couldn't... Off. You couldn't on Earth because, yeah, because you can see planes when they're way hey, up there. You can see planes taking off and they get up to 20. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah, you'd be able to see it. I mean, I don't know how good high. you'd be able to aim at it, <laughs> but you could see it. Um, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, the number of people who saw what they thought was a missile was 258. Which I suppose is more than 150, like the Post said, but it diminishes it a little. Well, maybe they thought the extra hundred weren't credible or something. Like hmm. it was a hundred and fifty or so people who had their shit together, and then like another hundred <laughs> or so sounded like idiots, like Barbara. Yeah, well, that actually makes sense. There were probably a few who said it was like a. Dragon, I see the like, slingshot <laughs> shooting fire out of its mouth, or like a giant cannon. Like, I wouldn't count them as very credible. But, but do any of you think this theory holds any water? Hey there, it's Acadia here, and my partner, Hannah Selector, is going to tell us a little bit about the show we do together. Do you like horror movies? Stephen King? Ranting and raving? Join us for a meeting of the Castle Rock Historical Society. Tuesdays, wherever you listen to podcasts. But do any of you think this theory holds any water? Mm. I mean, do I think that somebody that knew how to shoot missiles could shoot a plane out of the air taken off from JFK when they're so low. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, what are you using to do that? Like a javelin or something? Is that what it's called? I don't know. I, whenever I think of those, I just assume that it's the things that they were selling in back to the future. <laughs> oh my God. You know, those things you put on your shoulder and shoot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's credible. 
Yeah, I mean, but you have to I, be very skilled to do that. Yes, and it's a but that's a lot of people to to say are lying. Yeah, you know, agree, strong agree. So I guess we're going to put this in the yes, it could have been that uh, category. Now. We'll go back to the missile thing later, but we should also note that one of the reasons the FBI was involved was that they found explosives residue on three pieces of the recovered plane. Yikes. By the way, they recovered 95% of the plane and rebuilt it. And they also recovered every single body. It took a year, but they got all 230 of them, which is not bad. That's wow. fucking amazing, to be honest. I know, right? Um but they found this explosives residue on some canvas-like substance and two pieces of floor panel. And if the plane had been hit by a missile, one would think that it would have gotten on the outside first, but they had what they had. But that's another thing, though. Like, I, I don't know, like, to go into that level of detail just seems like a lot for, like, a hoax. Right. I know what you mean. Yeah, that's true, too. Like, like, why would you bother saying, yeah, we found some explosive residue on a couple of pieces and some canvas if that's a if that's like a cover up story, you know, right? Like, why would you go to that level to even bring up explosives residue if there wasn't really explosive residue? Well, I mean, technically, you're getting paid either way. <laughs> I suppose that's that. But it also kind of makes me think. I cannot imagine the first guy that went, "Yeah, well, is this plane that crashed and it's fucking scattered over the whole county?" Let's put it back together. Like, yeah. like yeah, all, this, yeah. all the people that work with him were like, no, we're not doing that, you asshole. We're, we'll be here forever. Amazing. <laughs> that is fucking amazing that they're able to do that. Yeah. Like, I can't even do a 500-piece jigsaw puzzle without fucking breaking the table. Y'all know yeah, I so, love jigsaws. Oh, that's, I do. <laughs> I'm going to get you one that's just one color. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, some people insisted that this residue was proof of a bomb, and they pointed to some weird stuff on the back of some of the seats as further evidence. But the NTSB said that the seat stuff was glue used to hold the fabric on the seats, but they could not explain the other explosive residue. Neither could the FBI. The nearest they could figure, it came from the plane transporting troops to the Gulf War in 1991, or it was used in a dog training explosive detection exercise about a month before the crash. Ooh, that's and eerie. Yeah, but before you discount all this stuff as crackpot, some people got arrested for stealing evidence, one of them being a guy named Robert Terrell Stacy, who was part of the investigation team and just happened to be the chief 747 pilot for TWA. He thought the seat thing was significant, so he and a couple journalists just took some seat fabric and some documents. They only got probation, but they furthered the rumor that the explosives found were consistent with a missile which still makes no sense because it was on the inside of the fucking plane. Well, you said security was pretty lax back then. So maybe someone smuggled a portable rocket launcher on board. <laughs> or a bunch of people hey. each brought one piece and they put it together in the bathroom. I don't know. To the wiki page. Have you been in a bathroom on a plane? I mean... <laughs> What are you going to stuff that in your pants and walk in there? Like, <laughs> and then you got to just shoot it at the floor. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Or maybe it went through like a window. Mm. Well, that's true. Oh yeah, I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, you should have been on the task force. So the FBI, <laughs> they were worried about terrorism, though, right? Yes, very much so. Most of all, because planes tend to not explode in midair for no reason. Yeah. Remember how long the 747 had been in service. They figured they had the kinks worked out by the time the jets had been flying since 1969. Yeah. But terrorists were not all the conspiracy people had to worry about. Imagine a theory that is missile yes, terrorists no. Yep. Mm. Pierre Salinger, journalist and former White House press secretary for both JFK and Lyndon Johnson, as well as a longtime correspondent for ABC News, came out on blast in November of 1996. He held a press conference in Cannes, France, and said he had access to a, quote, document given to him six weeks ago by someone in French intelligence with close contacts to U.S. officials that said TWA 800 was shot down, but that it was done by a U.S. Navy ship off New York and was an accident. Oh, no. And the cover-up was to keep the government from looking bad. What? Unfortunately, it turned... Yeah, I know, right? But it turned out that the, quote, evidence from French intelligence was actually an email chain letter. (laughs) And while there were Navy ships in the area and not all ships on the water that night were identified by the FBI, but only like two weren't like they 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 found every boat that was in the water and they they were like, well, where were you? And then they like went there and tried to see if if. They could just shot a missile at the plane from where that was at that time. Yeah. Like they didn't yeah. fuck around. No. Uh, so they didn't find anything like that. So the whole friendly fire idea sort of went up in a puff of smoke. No pun intended. Thoughts on that, that the government did it. I guess I'm not understanding why the government would do that, though. You mean why they would cover it up? No. Well, okay. It was- well, it would be an accident. Okay. They said it would be like if it was an accident. All right, that wasn't clicking in my brain. So sorry yeah. about that. So oh, yeah. what would they? But what would they have been firing at? Exactly. U- like UFO? What, what would have been over <laughs> U.S. airspace like that? Right. That, and- would, that the Navy would shoot at. Maybe it was some Don Knotts type character who leaned on the wrong thing. Oh my God, could you imagine? <laughs> it was a disguised Cuban 747 filled with troopers ah, that were going to take see? over a small town in the middle of. I think it was Colorado. Yeah, it was something. I don't remember. Yeah, it was a state. He's talking about state. Red Dawn, Mel's. In case you were wondering. The original Red Dawn, not that new mess. I've seen the original. I've seen it. Not that much of a child. Come on now. Just full of superstars, that movie. Oh. (laughs) So, according to the FBI, they checked every boat that was on the water, except at least according to the Angel Fire site, the ones that were classified. Well, they checked all the ones that weren't classified as, quote, mystery ships. Mystery. <laughs> and this is a great example of how conspiracies can never die, mainly because they can just make shit up. Now, listen to this. First, they quote CNN. James Callstrom, the now retired FBI TWA 800 chief investigator, quote, said that despite checking every possible angle on such an attack, including tracing the course of thousands of boats in New York Harbor, 
talking to boat owners, confiscating some boats to check them for burn marks, and viewing massive air control radar data, there was no evidence to support the missile theory. So that's the thing I was talking about. It kind of kicks their gut shot down from a boat theory right in the ass, right? But wait, they follow that with... The press enterprise. Two years later, Flight 800 crash questions remain by David E. Hendricks. Documents indicate four mystery ships were within six miles of the crash site at the moment TWA 800 exploded. A Navy captain assigned to the Pentagon told an Atlantic Fleet Watch officer about 24 hours after the crash to keep the names of three merchant ships that could have been near Flight 800 in-house Navy for the time being. The directive was noted in Atlantic Fleet Logs released under the Freedom of Information Act request. Federal Aviation Administration radar captured four unidentified tracks, consistent with the speed of a boat within three to six miles of the jumbo jets course at the time of its midair breakup. One vessel less than three miles from the crash scene was headed southeast away from the area at 30 knots, which is about 34 and a half miles per hour. And another was headed towards the plane's path at 20 knots, 23 miles per hour. None of the ships has been publicly identified. Navy cruisers, frigates, and destroyers can operate at speeds above 30 knots. NTSB spokeswoman Shelley Hazel said the NTSB has no idea of the ship's identities and isn't concerned because that's the FBI's territory. FBI spokesman Joe Valaquet said he doesn't know anything about the ships. Mm. So that sounds pretty compelling, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's a lot. But, I mean, like the NTSB wow. lady says the FBI's handling it and the FBI says, oh, right. <laughs> right. And they got all this shit. Why do they do it in knots if it's so close to miles an hour? <laughs> that's, the, that's a big question. I don't know. Is there, That's weird. Is there something else involved other than just speed? No, I know it's I know it's they did it in knots because they would tie knots every so far in a rope. And then to find out how fast they were going, they'd see how fast the knots got pulled out as they dropped oh. like a, a thing. So that's why that is. But I don't know why they still use it. <laughs> like if miles an hour is completely fine and so close. Yeah. Like now I know when they go, oh, the wind, you know, when they have the weather service thing, oh, the wind will be in, you know, eight, 25 knots. Now I know that that's actually less than what it will be in miles an hour. Right. So that sounds like super compelling evidence about mystery ships, except it isn't compelling at all because the site the quote is from is dead. And if you Google anything from the expert excerpt, the only thing that comes up is the Angel Fire site. <laughs> so sure. You can make a good conspiracy if you just make shit up, or better yet, <laughs> use some other crackpot as a source for your own crackpot nonsense, and then let them use you as a source, and that happens all the time. Like, you always get, oh, well, you know, investigator Clerve Lemieux said that it could have been such and such, and it turns out that <laughs> Clerve Lemieux... <laughs> was actually related <laughs> I don't know where that came from 
have an awful <laughs> We should write Claire Lemieux down. He's going to come back. He's, he's going to solve a case at some point. Uh, but that's how they just reference each other. Yeah. And right. so they can always say that, oh, it's not just me saying it. It's also Clerv and it's nonsense. So and I looked, I mean, I did as much Googling in quotes as I could to try and find that quote. And I found nothing. Wow. So what do we have? We have a plane that blew up for a reason that had never come up in 25 years and millions of flight hours. We have a bunch of people who swear they saw something flashing up toward the plane. And we have some sketchy sounding motives for the plane coming down. And don't forget the meteors or the electromagnetic fields either. <laughs> yes. I am most certainly forgetting them. Oh, don't forget You them. can take that to the bank. Fucking <laughs> meteors. You want to? Like, well, meteors don't usually go up, right? No, but that's also, <laughs> those are two of the theories that the electromagnetic field brought it down or got hit by a meteor. Yeah, yeah. Like, at that point, you could just blame anything on a meteor. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, JFK wasn't shot. He got hit by a meteor. Yeah, like, the dinosaurs didn't go extinct. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, well. They did yeah, they had it coming. a meteor. <laughs> coming. So, want to know what I think? What? Yeah. Ooh, tell us, tell us. Remember remember when they were saying that the, the, the fire went up towards the plane? Yeah. All right. Some people said that the missile that somebody saw was actually burning fuel spilling out of the plane. But let's talk about that. If the stream of fuel is coming from the jet, the part of the stream furthest away from it would burn up first. And the rest of it would burn up back towards the plane, right? If like, I'm legit. At the, if it caught at the end, end of, like, it would have to catch all the way at the end. Right, like. The, but if it did, spill. then it would if go it, up towards the plane and it would look exactly like what they yeah, said they saw. It would be just like the end of Die Hard 2 is what yes. it would be. Yes. Which would look like, yes, that is that is a perfect example. That's the end of Die Hard 2. Yes. <laughs> Which had the guy from Good Times in it. It did. John Amos, a fine yeah. actor. And Good Times wasn't the same when he left. So... You, Mel's. Uh, do you agree with my theory that it would look like that? Well, yeah, I do. All right. I guess what but I'm trying to say with all this. How would it catch on fire, though? I don't know. Because he, it. He, well, <laughs> this kid with a magnifying glass. <laughs> oh, the light off a window. Yes, it would have been really hard to do since it was at night. You said, like, the moon does not work as well. <laughs> Maybe that's why they turn the lights off when you're taking off. Ooh. Can't <sighs> generate too much heat. That's yeah. good thinking. All right. Yeah. I, could you still smoke on planes then? I bet not. No. No, no I bet you on international, I bet you could. Yes, I bet you could on international. Oh. You're right. Because they, the, there was actually a thought process by the airlines that was like, we can't keep these people from smoking for that long. They'll bring the plane down themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I can't smoke for 16 hours. What? I'll kill you all. <sighs> so, what I'm trying to say with all this, so we have a weird accident that seems like it would have come up before but didn't. And people don't like things when they don't fit right. So, it could, uh, like a, a conspiracy gets born. 
you know, the old the old adage about talking about JFK, the reason there's so many JFK conspiracies is because nobody wants to believe a fucking shit weasel like Oswald could actually kill JFK for basically no good reason. Right. So you got to make it bigger yeah. than that, you know, because it doesn't equal out. Um, now, I should add before we throw our two cents in here that there was a documentary made about the crash on the Epics network in 2013. The source material was from six members of the original investigative team, huh. like the, the NTSB one. And they yeah. basically said that the feds undermined the investigation. And they said some provocative stuff like the security cameras saw FBI agents sneaking into the hangar where they were reassembling the plane in the middle of the night. Mm. Mm. And the gist of the documentary was to say that there was indeed a cover-up and the official story was a load of shit. And the whistleblower is asked to have the investigation reopened, which is actually dumb because why would you ask the people who faked the investigation in the first place to do it again? <laughs> like, seems like they would just refake it. Right. <laughs> it seems like you would get Canada to investigate. <laughs> like, right. oh, Canada will shoot straight. Anyway, the government gave their definitive answer as... While the NTSB rarely reinvestigates issues that have already been examined, our investigations are never closed and we can review any new information not previously considered by the board. The TWA Flight 800 investigation lasted four years and remains one of the NTSB's most detailed investigations. Investigators took great care reviewing, documenting, and analyzing facts and data and held a five-day hearing to gather additional facts before determining the probable cause of the accident during a two-day board meeting. So it doesn't look like they're going to be reopening it anytime soon, especially since the shit from the documentary was kind of swatted away by the authorities. Yeah. So what do you think? You're going to believe the feds like the fucking sheep that you are? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, I mean, the the majority of me wants to believe that it was just a freak accident with the airplane. Yeah. Yeah. And I that's agree. like one of my greatest fears ever, <laughs> obviously, which yeah. is probably anybody's greatest fear. I mean, I'm not alone in that. No. But I mean, if you think about when they talk about how safe air travel is, I mean... If if I told you you have a one in sixteen thousand chance of blowing up, Ugh. I wouldn't get on another airplane. Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. Those aren't very good. I, I, like one in a million is better off for my mind. I mean, if there were sixteen thousand M and M's in a jar and one of them was poison, I'd probably eat some. <laughs> would no, you, you sheep? <laughs> Fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, I don't know. I mean, it took 16,000 flights and then it blew up. But then there's other ones that are still flying now because they don't make 747s anymore, but it's not like they're all gone. Right. Yeah, they're still, they're still old. And now that they made the inerting system in the tank, why, that one thing will never happen again. That's I don't know. Good. That's good. I mean, it, it just seems shitty that you know, a wire killed that many people. Yeah. But on the other hand, it doesn't seem better that some jerk killed that many people. And you know, the other thing, terrorists try to not be super secretive about doing stuff. Right. Because that's the whole terror part. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. They usually tell you 
Yeah, we did that. Like, yeah. it's not usually, they don't try to be secret. But that would lend more towards if the government did it by mistake. Right. Out of all the theories, that one actually sounds the most credible to me. Not more credible than it was an accident, but it sounds more credible than a terrorist. Because if a terrorist attack doesn't get claimed, then no one is terrorized. Like, there's no point. Right. So. It's a sad, sad story, though. It is. You're kind of on a string of sad stories. Well, that's why this isn't called the happy time fun hour. (laughs) Everything can't be the goddamn goddamn Fresno Nightcrawler. <laughs> hey, speaking of, did anybody check that guy out? Was he in the what? area during this time? <laughs> Just a flipping and a flopping, uh, yeah. <laughs> cutting a rug right around there. <laughs> so, are we are we ready to button this up? Yeah, let us button. All right, <laughs> let the buttoning let me let the buttoning commence. Yes. So if you want to communicate with any of us, uh, you can reach me on Instagram and Twitter with, at Shoey Time, S-H-O-O-E-Y Time. You can get Acadia on Twitter is at Acadia. On Instagram is at Acadia Einstein. Mel's is at Mel's Bells on Twitter and at Superficial Mel's on Instagram. And you can also get us on Twitter at Strangeful Pod. Yes, and you can get Mel's on the Damn Fine TV podcast. Yeah, woo! And Fun time. She's she's stepping out on us. Ah. And you can find me on the Castle Rock Historical Society podcast and Shuey watching Adam Twelve in his house. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can also take a moment to rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts at. And then also word of mouth is always good to get get the show out there and floating around. Yep. Tell your friends. And if you want to up your support beyond the tweeting at Chewy just to see if he ever actually replies, (laughs) you can go to patreon.com slash strangeful. And you can become a patron and then you get extra stuff like like chill time. What's perhaps the best bonus content in the history oh, of the, Patreon. It's the chillinest stuff. No, it's chill. <laughs> oh, it's super chill. Yep. Everybody's just going to be super relaxed. What did I say earlier that I needed money for? Life. <laughs> there was something. Yeah, well, yeah, besides besides my livelihood, but there was something else. There was something more specific. Damn it, I can't remember. I, sh- I should have mentioned it at the time. Damn it. Anyways, um, thank you, as always, for listening, and we love you very much, and we cannot wait to talk to you next week. Yes, count your blessings. Keep on flapping. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.